ready? We're ready. So we'll do. We'll Direct do, me, sir. We'll do your intro first. This is your camera. Okay. Uh, See you. Short, short, and then that's your camera. But you yeah. Whenever I need to. Yeah. Okay. All right. Ready in five, four, three, two. Welcome to Speak Life. We have in studio today Pastor Gabriel Villalobos. Yeah, man. Thanks from for having the me. way LA. Thank you for having me, man. Welcome. Welcome to the studio. So Speak Life is really a, a podcast that is dedicated to helping people to improve their lives. Where we know that whatever we speak, our words have power. Right. And so when we speak life, we're really speaking life into our lives and really speaking God's vision into our lives. Right. And so you're a man that's really doing some great and mighty things. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing in the church. Yeah, um, right now, you know, God's called me to LA County. I come from San Bernardino County. God's called me to LA County, a part of the Way World Outreach. And we launched a church now. We have two campuses in um, Los Angeles County, San Gabriel Valley, then also south, our south campuses in um, Carson. And our focus is reaching the inner cities, um, the hoods, um, the community there, the, the people that are homeless and things like that. Our, our, one of our slogans is love people and meet their needs. Yeah. And so that means when I knock on your door, because we do door-to-door ministry, I want to get to know who you are, and I want to show you the love of God. Not whether you want to come to my church, whether you want Jesus or not. If I could, if there's a need and I could help you, I'm going to help you. Um, you know, there's people that don't have refrigerators today, 2023. Um, they don't have, um, or 2024. They don't have um, refrigerators. They don't have. Um, Basic necessities. Washer, dryer, things like mm. that. And you go in and you see this in these houses, mattresses, you know, sleeping on floors. And so it's like, what can we do as a church? Well, what we can do is just meet this practical need right here. Um, I think people are in a place where they're tired of hearing like, I'm going to pray for you or come to my church. They need to see action from the church and love in action. A lot of times people are going through really difficult times and Holidays for some people are a joyous occasion, but sometimes yeah. the holidays can be a really tough season. And for people that are, don't even have the necessities, Christmas can be a reminder of the things I don't have or the right. struggles that I'm having. And they can get into kind of a depression. For sure. And how do you go about ministering to people that are in that kind of state? I think the first thing is don't avoid trying to be healed. Because a lot of times... Um, we want to stay in a grieving place for years. Grieving is not wrong. It's not a sin. It's not, you know, you're a bad person because you're, uh, you're grieving. But it's God doesn't want you to stay in a place of grieving because that's where how you develop depression. Mm-hmm. And depression is not of God. It's um, self-destructive, actually, um, not only to your spirit, but it's proven it will destroy your body. Sicknesses develop through depression, all these different things. Mental illness develops through depression. And um, I would say don't run from your healing. Um, it's, gonna, it's okay to move past um, the incident, whatever has that person depressed, whether it's um, they lost a loved one um, to maybe they passed away. Um, for me, um, the holidays has, for the last 15, 16 years, I haven't had my older brother with me that's been in prison. Um, so yeah, he's alive, but he's not with us. You know, the first few ones was hard because he's not around. Um, but when you have God, you have hope. Yeah. And if there's someone that's depressed listening right now, 
the the only anchor that's gonna really be um, that's gonna work for you in your life. It's it's your it's hope and it's God. God is the one that provides true hope for you. And I think we have a lot of people that are depressed, but no one's giving them hope. Yeah. And and what I mean by that is is they need to see that God wants to heal them, but also has a future for them. Yeah. You know, it's not just about hey, let's just um, you know talk about why you're depressed. Let me help you and coach you and walk you to a place where you can see a bright future again. Yeah. Because I'm telling you, bro, that's the key. If they can't see a good bright future, then they will stay in that state for a decade, for multiple years. And then what ends up happening, unfortunately, they'll ruin the relationships around them. Yeah. There's great people around them. There's people that want to help and they'll reject it because they're hurt. Yeah. Right. But yeah. And um, you wrote a book about depression. Can yeah. you tell us about that? Yeah, Breaking the Chains of Depression. Um, man, it actually was a message, a sermon that I created, and I was like, let me just make a book out of this. So it developed into a book. And the purpose of that, I, in the first, first part of the book, I share my testimony, and I was dealing with suicide and um, ready to jump off of a cliff and kill myself, really. Hmm. Um, and... But you're a pastor. I thought that doesn't happen no, to yeah, pastors. Yeah. No, but that, that was before a pastor. That uh -huh. was before a pastor. But there are, even as, as pastors, there's many of times that depression comes and attacks you. Um, say, for an example, if I, uh, a pastor loses his wife, of course depression is going to be knocking at his door. Yeah. Why? Because he misses his wife. That was his, his wife. You know? And so it's showing people how to navigate um, and overcome and break these chains of depression off of their life. Absolutely. And so I have very practical things in there um, from, man, I even have like a little work workout routine in there. <laughs> like literally, like people probably be like, wait, what? And I didn't make it to be a, this huge novel necessarily, like a Harry Potter book or something huge, like a dictionary or encyclopedia. It's, yeah. it's short, sweet, and to the point because I figured if you're depressed, you're not in a mood to really want to um, read a book. Yeah, a, a huge book, let alone. And so it's very to the point. And at the end of it, with that person, I, I walked them through deliverance also in that book in one of the chapters of helping them forgive um, and, and forgive themselves, forgive others, um, release things. But also by the end of it, we're writing out goals. <laughs> we're writing out vision. And I'm helping you not just, let's just talk about what's going on. Let's talk about what's going on. Let's get healed from it. Let's overcome it together. But now let's talk about where you're headed because I believe in you and this is not the end for you. And I think depression can hit anyone, sure. young or old, rich or poor. It doesn't matter whether you grew Christian, up in church. Christian, non-Christian, everyone. It hits everyone. And really what I look at depression is it's your emotional response to a setback in life. Right. And a lot of times it's attached to our inability to see our way out of it or see our way beyond that yeah. challenge. Yeah. Um, what do you find in, in counseling people and dealing with people? What is kind of the biggest hurdle for people in dealing with depression? I think their lack of knowledge of who God is. Mm. So, like I said, like we mentioned too, Christians could become depressed as well. Um, people don't believe that. They think, no, you can't because you have, you have the Holy Spirit living in you, brother. You can never be depressed or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but they can be depressed. They can yeah. go through it. Just because you become a Christian doesn't mean like, oh, you're just, heaven is where you're not going to experience depression and yeah. all these things that happen in life. But on earth, while you're here, 
we're going to go through all these things, right? 100%. And I feel like one of the most common things that I've seen, like the number one thing is people's lack of knowledge of God's love and God's character. And so because they don't understand his love, they don't understand his character, they don't understand that they could actually come to him in a place of depression or even how to come to him, you know? And so I think them Christians today are, don't know the word. Um, and if you don't know the word, you don't know God. And so they don't pray, right? Unfortunately, if you don't pray, that means you have no communication with God. You don't talk to God. So you're not only not talk, um, hearing from him through his word, and, 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 but then now your prayer life is close to nothing. And so if you're depressed and, and, and you have no word life, you have no prayer life, of course, you're going to be in this cycle for so long and you're going to feel even sometimes in my, the thing that has just hurt, broke my heart and a lot of times is when people are in that state, but they're Christian and they think it's not working. Mm. Church isn't working for me. God's not working for me. And I'm like, no, it's not even that. It's that you're just, you're in a position where you're not, you're not being mentored probably to really get shown how to build an intimate relationship with God. Yeah. The intimate relationship with God is the source for victory over anything that comes against you in your life. Lack of intimacy is a lack of victories. Mm, that's good. Lack of intimacy is a lack of victory. Right. And I think also a lot of times we're, we're so caught up in the cycle of, of doing things, right? We'll wake up, go to work, for sure. take care of the kids, do whatever we have to do, but we're never really dealing with the issues. Right. And so they linger. And I think a lot of times also we set our families up to deal with those things where our kids are seeing us deal with depression yeah. and they're seeing we're not getting out of it. And so what does that teach them? It teaches them, oh, if I get depressed, I'm gonna be stuck in it for a for long sure. time. And so what are kind of the steps that someone can take to break free? Well, I would say the hardest thing to ever do really is to lead. <laughs> Leading is hard. And if you got a family or you got kids or any leadership position or role in your life and you're listening to this right now, um, it's not gonna be easy. And that's why you need God. God yeah. has blessed you with that responsibility, but he's also the one that can show you how to handle that responsibility and to thrive in it. And I feel that um, weak leadership is the cause for the family breakdown. Yeah. And when there's a weak leader, and, I, and if you're a weak leader, don't get all mad at me, just you know, get right, you know? Like, but God can strengthen you, all right? I was weak in so many areas that he has strengthened me and he continues, continues to strengthen me. Um, but when, a, when weak leadership is displayed to your children, to your spouse, like say for us men, our wives, um, it discourages them, but also it shows them this is how we deal with things. Mm -hmm. This is how, when there's an argument, this is how we resolve it in this house or whatever, or somebody um, passed away or I lost my job or whatever it is, this is how we, we handle it. And so I think that if the husbands don't take up their role in the household on how we, leadership is, is, is um, problem solving. Yeah. That's what leadership in a sense is. Yeah. The, and problem solving a lot of people want to problem solve when it's a fun event, like a fun thing or a great, oh, let me problem solve. How can we get more clients? Let's problem solve. Or how could we, right? Yeah. But problem solving, when your emotions have been hit and when you feel not the greatest, that's where the leader rises up in you. And if you, if you need, if you're in that position right now, 
and you need mentorship, that's where you have to look for, you have to be proactive too. A lot of times when people are depressed and down, they look for, how do you say, like, they're, 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 not, they're not looking for help, but also if someone reaches out, they look for all the wrong things in that person or they look for yeah. the motive and they reject them. You know, stop, don't reject help. You know, accept the help if that's where you're at right now. And a lot of times I think depression is something that hits hardest around the holidays. One is dealing with family. Mm-hmm. But I think also with like New Year's resolutions, right? Oh, right, right, right. So what can happen is you can look at it and say, well, I'm making New Year's resolutions. I still didn't accomplish what I set out to do the previous year. Right. And that itself can become a depression for some people because they're more aware of the fact that they're stuck in a cycle that they can't break out of. So like even for someone that's starting off in the new year, how can they start off the right way, setting themselves up for victory? So for me, one of the things that I do is I ask God to give me a word for the year. You know, um, like, Lord, what is it that, like, this is going to be a, a banner for me, a theme for me throughout this year. Um, and what he told me was no limits. And so 2024 is a year of no limits for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, I re- and, and I have this word. I get scripture to back this word and to believe and things like that. And, and then I write out vision. I would say you need to start with what you want your life to look like. What do you want your life to look like five years from now, three years from now, whatever the case may be. And some of you guys may have already heard that. But I think the key is this, taking it now into bite-sized pieces. Because success is the greatest motivator. That's just true. But a lack of success is one of the greatest discouragers. Sure. Um, You discourage yourself when you don't hit a goal that you set. Not someone else put for you, but you put it and you didn't hit it. Um, and especially if people knew about it and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get this done this year. Or I'm gonna, so most common thing is probably people have gym goals or whatever in the resolution yeah. or something. Yep. You don't hit it. Yeah. When people know you have a goal, they're gonna bring it up to you. Hey, how's this going? Oh, what happened you with know? that? Yeah, and they, they don't wanna talk about it. Yeah. So be realistic, but also have faith though. Because you always want a faith stretch in your goals and in your visions. But you don't want to be like, okay, I have zero views online and I'm this year I'm going to hit three million. <laughs> like, you know, let's get to your hundred view maybe first and then let's <laughs> develop from there, right? Yeah. Um, because when people take those bite sizes, you want to celebrate these small wins. You can't celebrate a small win if you're only creating huge wins for yourself. So create small wins, start to win. And then you're going to develop that pattern and then you'll be able to see your capacity level and what you can handle now. And now you'll see, oh, I can handle bigger goals. How do I know that someone can handle bigger goals only because of the smaller goals they already achieved? If you haven't achieved any small goals, then you can't, you're not trustworthy with bigger goals yet. Yeah. And also I think it's, it's like what you say about understanding, like you took the time to hear from God about what his word was for you going right. into the next year. Um, a lot of times I think people are out of alignment to their assignment. Yeah, that's um, good. Yeah. And so when they're out of that alignment, no matter what they do, they can't find that satisfaction. Right. And so what happens is when you experience a setback, when you're out of God's purpose, you're going to feel even more weight, more anxiety, more depression because right. you're on the wrong path to begin with. Right. How can someone kind of figure out what God's path is for them? I would say... Um, well, one of the obvious is, is there needs to be spiritual goals in your life first. The spiritual goals are God obviously wants you to read his word. 
God obviously wants you to pray. So I would say grab the obvious ones, make those your top first priorities of your goals for 2024, such as read through the Bible this year. You may never read through the Bible in your life. This might be your first time. Or it might be, um, man, my prayer life is everywhere. Get a consistent prayer time on schedule. 10 minutes a day, an hour a day, whatever God puts on your heart. Don't get religious with it. But you, what you're doing is you're structuring disciplines, not religion, but disciplines that are vital for your health in God. And so I would say that's one of the key things that people need to do first. Because I think we're so ambitious right? And a lot of Christians as well. It's not, and you, maybe you're not selfishly ambitious, but you're just ambitious. You have a lot of drive and zeal to accomplish all these things in business or in family or whatever the case may be, but you leave out the ambition and the zeal for God yeah. in 2024. How many, how many souls do you want to reach for Jesus in 2024? Um, what, what's going to be your godly impact that you're going to do with your children this year? Oh, it might be Saturday mornings. We're going to start a Bible study. It don't have to be nothing crazy. You don't have to be a pastor to do it. You know what I mean? It's just something that we're just getting the ball rolling. And I think those things are going to start to help unravel your assignment to you because you need it. Your assignment um, is going to come either one of two ways. You're going to learn it through your relationship with God and your intimacy with God. Or sometimes God will bring someone that's godly and trustworthy in your life to say, hey, I see this in you. And um, but I'm telling you, when you could develop that relationship with God and you make it a priority, He's going to speak to you, to us, but also He's going to reveal plans for us. He wants to reveal plans for you. He wants. Why, what, why does God release vision? God releases vision so that you have faith and hope in your future. So for an example, God's vision is always going to be something where he's go, He goes from glory to glory, right? So God's not going to give us a vision of um, destruction, yeah, you're gonna next year. You're gonna lose and and die or something like, like crazy. You know what I mean? Like some people would think like, like I've had people say like God told me to crucify myself. I'm like, what, bro? Like no, God did not tell you to do that, bro. He did that for you. Like right. if you're gonna crucify anything, it's like your flesh and the spirit. Like what that means. Like yeah. not deny yourself is what he's saying. He's not saying get on a hill and get on a cross. Like no. And then you know like people don't understand that that God wants a gr good life for you. It's not a perfect life, but he wants a good, abundant life for you. He does. Um, and it's, he's going to release vision. Why? So now vision becomes your destination. When you know, let's just say for me, in 2012, he told me, um, I didn't grow up in church or nothing like that. Still had drugs in my system. But he tells me, you're going to be a pastor and a preacher. What did he do? He gave me vision so that what I can now learn and develop to become that. If I didn't have vision and I didn't receive it from God, and then I wouldn't know where I'm headed. Yeah. And so God wants you to have vision so that when things get hard, when things don't turn out good, when, when it looks like, man, God, nothing is working. Our God, these people are turning their backs on me. Why is this so hard? When you're in those drought seasons or moments of your life, you remember the vision. So it keeps you on course. And I think also being a part of that vision means that you have to also take time to really hear it. For sure. And I've, I've been guilty of it where I, I get busy and then my free time, I'm, I'm not really being quiet and mm -hmm. still. What are some things that you do to kind of have that focused, yeah. like quiet time to allow God to speak to you? Well, I would say, I mean, I have an advantage because I'm a full-time pastor. <laughs> so I don't pack out my schedule with just all the church busyness. Um, I pack it out with a lot of the, the prayer time 
worship time. That's that's important. It's vital. It's the most important thing, especially especially for someone that's a pastor leading people. Um, so my full time focus is this, and so because it is, I I use that you know um, as a time to pray and all of that. When I was not full time pastoring, I was working multiple jobs at the same time and all of that, um, and even people that I counsel and help now. One of the keys is making sure that not only is it on schedule, but that they're accountable to someone too. Um, yeah. Because if it's, if it's on schedule, let's just say we tell our wives, hey, you know, uh, you know I've been slacking um, in my prayer time and I want, I want to start being consistently praying. And every night I want to at least read a little bit of the word. Can you keep me accountable to that? I just want you. You're, and what happens is now you're help, you have help with you yeah um i think there's times like for me where i'm like pretty aggressive with stuff if i feel like i need more time with god and i have too much time of like entertainment or other stuff like sports or something like that i'll just shut everything off mm. i'll go like cold turkey like nope let's go i'm not even i don't know when we're gonna stop right now god but we're gonna it's a saturday let's just let's go and then and then i'll create i'll do a fast as well but I think for people that are that need to learn how to really prioritize that devotion time, when you have authentic devotion time with God, real de- authentic devotion time, what I mean by that is like you're getting touched, there's a word from God given to you, stuff like that, you won't have to make it so much of a discipline. It's going to be a strong desire within you yeah. because you know what has happened when you do it. For an example, if I know that I like uh, Double Double with Grilled Onions, uh, in and out, you know, um, or three by three most of the time too. But if I know that, yeah. and and you're like Gabe, I I got some good news. What we're gonna go to In and Out right now, and the Lord put on my heart to bless you, In and Out. If you want to do that after, just let me know. But <laughs> but you don't have to convince me that that is gonna be an amazing experience, and I'm gonna love that In and Out burger. Why? Because I remember the last time I was there at In and Out, and I remember my experience. When you don't have great experiences in your devotion time with the lord to you you're just doing a duty and a task yeah it's dry yeah there is no intimacy with the lord and how does the intimacy start it's when you start being quiet so for an example you pray but then give god time to respond put on sometimes i'll even turn off worship music where it has the lyrics in it and i'll just put a worship piano or stuff like that on youtube you can find it all over on youtube just so i could just hear from god and people don't realize sometimes that they're hearing from God. Like they'll start thinking about something and they'll think like, oh, I'm being distracted. It's like, no, maybe God, that's probably a vision God's giving you, our plan he's releasing to you or something he's putting on your heart. And so let God touch your heart in the devotion time and you're going to get addicted to it and desire it every single day. But that, yeah. I mean, I, I grew up um, in, in doing young adults ministry, our, you know, Pastor Eddie, he would teach us at least start off with a 555. Five minutes reading the word, mm. five minutes in prayer, five minutes listening. Mm, that's good. And then you start to feel the impact of that, and then you start increasing the time. Right. Um, I that's love. Great. I love. Uh, it's a soaking worship on YouTube. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Just kind of get into the zone and then just hear from God. Right. And I think a lot of times, a lot of the things that we go through spiritually and and mentally and physically is because we're not going to that well and really receiving from God and, yeah. and really spending time with Him. Right. I think a lot of the issues there that we experience with not feeling good enough and not feeling adequate, 
um, not feeling like we can overcome our situation right. is because we're not really spending that time with him. Right. And if you would say kind of something to the audience of Speak Life about um, something for them to really hold on to for 2024 about God, what would that be? Um, one of the things you got to understand in his character, say you that are watching, is that he's 100% for you, which means this. If you're in a place where you don't spend the quality time with God that we're talking about or you're not a regular, regularly attending church or praying or whatever the case may be or reading your Bible, um, just know that God is not a God of condemnation, which means this. You may guilt trip yourself. People may guilt trip you, but God will never guilt trip you. What I mean by that is he's not mad at you because you're so distant from him. He, he's in love with you. Think about it. There's nothing you can do that will cause God to say, I love you less today. You only read one verse? Uh, nah. You, you didn't pray? No, I don't. I love you less. No. He loves you 100%, even though, even if you're in sin right now, you might be like in sin right now. He still loves you 100%. It doesn't matter. It's not going to change tomorrow or it didn't, it didn't change from yesterday. He's consistently loving you and pursuing you. So don't let yourself get in the way of this loving relationship that's available to you today. Don't allow circumstances or people to prevent you from opening up your heart to God and saying, God, I realized you're not mad at me. You love me, God. I realize, Lord, that you're, you want to help me develop. You don't expect me to know everything. You don't expect me to know how to have the right time with God and all these things. But you do want to help me and take me there. And so I'm just open to that today. Stay open to God, 2024. Let Him do something in your life. Awesome. And what is going on with you for 2024? What things has God been putting in your heart? Yeah, so, man, I mean, the big vision I mentioned to you too backstage, um, I want to, I want to, um, the goal is this, to impact the county of LA, right? Specifically, we want to build seven um, mega churches in the county of LA, full gospel, five-fold ministries, mega churches that love people, they, they love God, they um, walk in the power of Jesus, all of that, full, fully everything. Um, that's, that's what we're going towards. Um, so in 2024, uh, maybe build one or two more of those campuses out. Um, and um, we want to see 3,000 people saved. That's one of our, our main goals for, for us is 3,000 salvations um, and 864 leaders. Um, and the, when I say leaders, they all lead a Bible study too. These are not people that are just being mentored, but they're saying, I'm going to be mentored and I'm going to mentor someone as well. Those are our two main focuses, main goals. Well, I'm in a campaign right now for, uh, I think I said to you, for a truck. I'm what we want to focus on in 2024 is getting a truck. It's a box truck, bro. We, we borrowed one and went to Hoover and 88th Street Okay. in South Central. Yep. My friend um, let us borrow his truck while he was around town, and it folds out into a stage. We have worship and everything. We did worship. I was able to do an altar call there, right there at the park, in the middle of all of, you know, with hood gang members, like, and feed them. We had tacos. When the tacos ran out, we went and got Jack in the Box. Like, we just loved on them. We played basketball against them after. Mm -hmm. We took it to Long Beach after. Um, and we want to do that and go throughout 
all of the, the areas that maybe most people don't want to be in, we want to be in those areas, um, not for clout, not for video, but to display the love and the power of God. And, and when that happens, demons are going to get casted out. People are going to be saved. Miracle signs and wonders are going to happen um, because we're, going to, we're answering the call to go into these, these trenches, really. And when you talk about deliverance ministry, I, I know you mean it um, Amen, because yeah. it's something that you, that you really walk in. And I wanted to share the story. Uh, oh, we, yeah. we went to get coffee. Yeah. And uh, we went to Clatch in uh, Chino Hills. Right. So we grabbed our coffee and it was full at yep. Clatch. So we yep. had to walk down to Panera, about a, about a half a block um, down the shopping center. We found a spot there. And so we start kind of talking about the podcast interview and talking about deliverance. And then this lady is walking by and she's yelling on her phone, right. well, you need to get the demons cast out of you because you're causing me all these problems. Right. Right. And she's, she's irate, yeah. she's angry. And tell, tell me what happens. Yeah, bro, that was crazy. I was like, man, she couldn't have walked by the best. Like, we're the, I, I, I know for a fact I'm the perfect person for her to be around because yeah. um, I won't shy away from the demonic activity. I feel comfortable dealing with it because I know that I have the Holy Spirit and I know um, Jesus dealt with demons um, and he casted them out. And so I, I know that's something that God wants for her. And so... You know, she passes by us and she's, you know, she's popping off. And yeah. I'm like in my head, I'm like, Lord, bring her back. Bring her back so we can minister to her. And she ends up coming back and we lock eyes. She sees me walking. She's walking right in front of me. She sees me. She smiles. I smile back. I was like, can I pray for you? And she's like, please, yes. Boom. And then you see she's crying, getting breakthrough. Just she had so much unforgiveness in her heart that she yeah. didn't realize was causing a lot of things. I mean, she was hanging out with a lot of hood people, got shot in the arm, you know, um, just literally had that brace on brace because on, she yeah. just got shot in the arm. Um, and we were able to just show her the love of God. It wasn't about like trying to be a spooky demon slayer, hunter person that yeah. I'm like, uh, you have wickedness in you. Come over here so I could cast it out and blah, blah. It was all about, and this is what it was about for Jesus was, let me just love you. Yeah. And the love alone is going to cause these demons to flee. It ministered to her so much. Yeah. She was, and we actually got in contact with her, helped her, um, everything. Yeah. Even after that event as well, just took her, we're taking her under our wing. And what I really liked about the interaction, because it was my first time seeing you kind of operate in that, but the way that you took it down to, she was at a level 10. Yeah, okay? probably 12. <laughs> and, and you brought it down to a level four. Mm. And you were just calm and you, there was no condemnation. It was more letting her know that she's loved and that God sees her and mm. God's proud of her. Yeah. I think that really touched a nerve when you said that God is proud of her. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I'm sure that in her life, she's probably heard that very few times. And she was coming out of prostitution, remember? Yeah. So, I mean, to, and you can tell that life has been hard on her. For sure, She yeah. was wearing, wearing the weight of the world on her shoulders. Yep. And so for her to just, you could see almost just her, her countenance was lifted. Right. And she left, changed from that encounter. Yeah. And texted after she was like thank you so much she texted me and was just so grateful and so i think that's really the church 
Oh, right. It's it's really understanding that we're there to meet the needs of people. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times in Western Christianity, our only expression of our walk with God is showing up to church on Sunday. Right. And like we were talking is church on Sunday should just be where you get your instructions for the week and you right. go out and do church right. in the world. Right. Um, how did you kind of get that comfort in just approaching people and where some people may kind of be stuck in that cocoon of comfort and not want to do that? How did you get to that point? Um, I think for me, um, yeah, it was definitely uncomfortable because in the beginning, because I didn't come from a Christian life. So to be able to connect with people, um, it was more of thinking of them, Mm. their condition. They don't know better where they're headed. And that developed a compassion in me for them. Yeah. Compassion is love, but it's love with wills. Like it's love in action. Yeah. It means I'm. I have. I don't only feel bad for you and and things like that. And I'm not only have a love for you because people say a lot of time like, oh no, I love everyone, but it's doing something now about it, um, like an actual act, so they can see the love of God. And so, I would say don't focus for people that are learning um, how to go out and share their faith or even just connect with people. Don't focus on having all the answers because that's going to be a trap that's going to prevent you from talking to anyone. Yeah. Um, be okay with being rejected. They rejected Jesus in horrible ways. Um, they'll reject you. Um, and most people are not being rejected as Jesus and the disciples, the apostles were, were um, rejected, you know, um, being stoned and being spit on and, and attacked and arrested and things like that. That does happen, but say in America, yeah. it's not as common. And when it comes to Talking to someone, just if you notice, one of the easy ways to make it, bring it to a four, just I wanted to hear her out. Ask questions. Ask questions and be calm and know that, okay, how could I help relieve her? What have what has helped me? What has helped me to get to a place where, you know, I've experienced the weight, but it coming off. The weight of this issue or situation or circumstance coming off. People also just want someone to talk to. Did you notice like she was talking for a good amount of time. Yeah. I didn't want to cut her off and just let me get to my point. That's what, that's what a lot of times we do because we don't want people to interrupt our schedule. Yeah, We don't want true. people to um, interrupt our meeting. Yeah. Right? Um, we don't want people to um, lead the conversation or, I feel, or anything. We, don't, we want to lead every single aspect of it rather than saying, Holy Spirit, because the whole time she's... She's talking, I'm asking, I'm talking to God the whole time, you know, I'm, I'm hearing from God like, okay, boom, I caught that. Oh, she, she has unforgiveness. Okay. So then in the right moment, I'm going to say, Hey, and, and unforgiveness, dealing with forgiveness and unforgiveness type stuff is the, you'll, you'll be surprised how many people struggle with that. Yeah. So if you're like, what topic, what should I bring up? Like, you know, the other thing is share your testimony, share your testimony, but talk about forgiveness. You know, do you need forgiveness for everything, for anything? Do you need to forgive anyone right now? Most of the time, people are going to just break down. But yeah, don't be afraid. Don't think about having all the right answers. Just go. You're going to learn. And at the end of the day, if God is for you, who could be against you? If What are they going to do to you? Like, they, what? Like, uh, they just walk away. They say no. They don't want to hear it or whatever the case may be. It's, it's, I mean, the disciples were murdered, like killed. Like, this is nothing. Yeah. You know, and on the flip side, you don't know what blessing God will do in that yeah. situation. Right. On the other side of your yes. Right. 
All God is saying, just be willing and obedient. He's going to back you up. Yeah. He'll back us up when we step out. Yeah. You know, he'll back us up. And if there's times where say she could have said, no, I'm good. I would have just been like, okay. My responsibility wasn't to make her talk to me necessarily. My responsibility was to be obedient when God said, hey, ask her if she needs some prayer. And then and he takes it from there. So just get it, uh, get the weight off yourself. Get the pressure off yourself. There's no perfect way to do this. The, just go and do it, you know? No limits. No limits. 2024. No limits. 2024. <laughs> so as this program says, it is Speak Life. We have a, a choice to make every day. Mm. Set before us is death and life. Mm. So today we choose to life. speak life. Yeah. Amen. 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 Thank you for being Receive on this it. episode today. Thank you, man. Love you, man. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Everything.